1: your buddy kind of guy you can drink beer with start your engine
2: it's the nick d podcast
3: all right all right all right it is the nick d podcast and i am your host nick degilio it is episode 116 number 116 on a friday hello everyone Hey, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Hey, spread the word. Let everybody know that they should check out this podcast. And I have another podcast that you should check out right here at Radio Misfits. Radiomisfits.com, the Radio Misfits podcast network, is the greatest podcast network in the world, featuring tons of amazing, varied, entertaining, informative, funny, wonderful podcasts. And I'm happy to have two of them. In addition to this one, you should also listen to and subscribe to that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. It's a weekly podcast. Every new every episode, uh, a new one, drops every Wednesday at RadioMisfits.com. And if you just Google it, you'll it'll, it'll find it on every platform, just like this one. Uh, if you're an SNL fan, you should definitely subscribe. If you're not an SNL fan, you should definitely subscribe. Uh, every episode is about SNL in every way, shape, or form. Sometimes I have guests, sometimes I don't. In fact, this latest episode that's out right now, um, episode six, is all about the official SNL movies. There were only 11 of them. Two of them were sequels, so there were kind of only nine. And it's hard to think that there were only 11 official SNL movies, but it's true. And I go through all of them and rank them and talk about behind-the-scenes stories and some movies that were almost SNL movies that are very weirdly connected to SNL. So uh, everything that you could ever want from an SNL podcast is that show hasn't been funny in years, and it's much more than that. So you subscribe today right here at Radio Misfits. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits for checking us out. You should rate and review all of us um, um, as you do, uh, as you check us out. And uh, if you want to leave voicemails or anything for our podcast, it's 773-417-6948. You want to be a sponsor, you would like to advertise on this podcast or on the SNL podcast, sales at radiomisfits.com. Say, hey, I got a business. I want to advertise. And we reach a lot of people. And if you want to drop us an email with any compliments, you know, compliment, sure, compliments, comments, suggestions, any of that stuff. Hey, you got a magic megaphone message? You want me to say something into the magic megaphone? An inside joke? Uh, a, a, a line from a movie? Whatever you want me to say into the magic megaphone, I will say. podcast at gmail.com. That's the way to get a hold of us right here. Uh, And uh, coming up uh, in just a couple of seconds here, we're going to talk with Eric Childress and Steve Procopi. Those are my two movie critic buddies. And every other week, we uh, review movies. I've been a film critic, uh, in case you didn't know this, I've been a film critic for over 37 years professionally here in Chicago. And uh, I see movies and review them. we got a bunch of new ones to talk about, including a new Marvel movie. So we'll get to that. Eric and Steve will join me. And then uh, later on, Esmeralda Leon joins me, as she does on every single episode. And we get a special visit. He's back. The one, the only, the incredible British bon vivant game show host extraordinary Slap Slapley is going to join us. Slap Slaply is very good friends with Tom Hush, who happens to be the executive producer of the Steve Cochran Show. Weekday mornings on WLS AM 890 from 530 AM to 9 AM. The only great morning drive show on AM radio in Chicago. Yeah, all the other ones suck, and Steve's is great. Uh, so yes, absolutely true. and I am uh, a regular on that on that show as well, and uh, and uh, you know, Slap happens to know Tom very well, the executive producer of the Steve Cochran show, which you should listen to every weekday morning on WLS AM eight ninety. And listen to me when I'm on Steve Cochran show every other Friday or so, reviewing new movies. So, but anyway, Slap Slaply, the British game show host, is going to join us, and Esmeralda will be, and I will be pitted against each other in another. Heart heartbreaking, unbelievable, nail-biting, suspenseful game of For the Record. So that's coming up. Hey, uh, we got a live show this Tuesday. Make sure you come. We want to pack the place. And if you pack the place, that means we can come back every month to Zaney's, and we want the place to be packed. So I'm asking you right now, if you're listening to me right now, you are going to make reservations as we speak and get tickets to see us live the Nick D Podcast live at Zaney's in Rosemont on Tuesday, February 21st. That's this Tuesday, 7.30 showtime, 6.30 doors open. Pack the place. It's going to be fun. We got a whole bunch of really cool stuff that we're giving away, including Nick D Podcast t-shirts. Thank you to the basement for doing those t-shirts. Uh, Nick D Podcast coffee mugs. We got some other gift certificates and dinner that we're giving away at the greatest restaurant in the history of the world. The Gale Street Inn, where you'll get the greatest meal and the greatest ribs. My thanks to George Karsis and everybody at Gale Street. Check out galestreet.com for your fantastic uh, ribs and your fantastic food. we got those things to give away as well. Also, there's going to be a lot of laughs. John Decos is our special guest. He is an unbelievable comedian, a contributor, and the musical director of The Steve Cochran Show. He's going to join us to make everybody laugh and to talk about comedy. Amy Guth is my special fill-in co-host, because Esmeralda is going to be in Mexico. So Amy Guth, uh, the lovely, incredible, talented, uh, my ex-compadre from the, the, the car wash, that stupid radio station over there, she used to work for them, too, writes for The Trib and is a great screenwriter and a producer and a filmmaker and an unbelievable journalist. She's amazing and she's hilarious, too. So Amy's going to sit in as my co-host. So we will welcome John DeCosta to the show, my dad, my 81-year-old dad. We'll get up on stage and close the joke, close the show with some jokes. And it's at one of the greatest comedy rooms in the country, Zanies in Rosemont. We want to pack the place, so get your tickets right now. Rosemont.zanies.com. It's this Tuesday, February twenty-first at seven thirty. Pack the place. Uh, we're gonna have a great time. You're gonna laugh your ass off. We got taste test stuff we're gonna do. It'll be interactive. You'll be part of a live podcast recording. And it's going to be hilarious and entertaining and wonderful. And uh, we just want to see everybody out there. And we'll meet afterwards and take pictures and have some fun. So get your butt out there right now. If you're listening to my voice right now, that means you're going to be there on Tuesday. Tuesday, February 21st, 730. This Tuesday, Zanies in Rosemont, 847-813-0484, 847-813-0484. Or reserve your tickets right now at rosemont.zanies.com. It's the Nick D Podcast live event. Get your tickets now. It's going to be a blast. You're going to be really happy that you did. Hi,
1: I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
3: I know you do, baby. We are getting very close to Carrie Russell's new movie. Hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
3: That's right. Cocaine Bear opens a week from today. So excited to see it. So, anyway. All right. All of that is coming up and more. So, please, thank you for checking us out. Thank you for staying tuned and continue uh, to listen to our great podcasts here at Radio Misfits. And Eric Childress and Steve you are going to join me to talk about the new movies right after I uh, congratulate you.
0: Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap.
4: Oh, yeah. Don't be a jag
3: And that theme means it's time to talk about movies, which we do every other week here on the Nick D podcast. And uh, I'm always visited by Eric Childress and Steve Procopi, who are uh, two of my film critic uh, uh, compadres who I've known for many years. And uh, we review the new movies and talk more movies and things like that. So let's say hello first to uh, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hello. Hey, all right. How are you? Okay. All right. And then uh, Steve Procopi. Hi, Steve.
4: Hey, I think that's the first time I've ever been called a compadre, so that's very exciting. Really? <laughs> I believe ah, so. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> well, I don't have a lot of Spanish-speaking friends, so. Right. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> well,
5: it's, it's a melting pot, Steve yeah How
3: it um, is yeah because well, you know when you think of me first thing you think of is spanish that's the first thing yeah. you think of so well, is right. now. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay uh all right uh we review uh movies uh which we're going to do we've got some uh new ones to talk about uh three in particular um uh, and uh and we'll talk a little bit about some other stuff as well but eric tell everybody where they can uh read your stuff and hear your stuff and see your stuff and all that stuff
5: Yes, uh, well, I, I also review movies on my podcast, the Movie Madness Podcast, along with uh, Steve Ricopi, and we have a whole episode this week dedicated to Ant Man and the Wasp with my comic book expert Eric Laws uh, that'll be out this weekend, and uh, also the Friendship Dilemma podcast that I co-host with Morgan Geyer, where we look at male and female friendships in the movies and try to find the the ones that are best represented.
3: Okay, all right, and those are uh, are both those podcasts on now playing.
5: Yes, both of them okay. now
3: playing network. Now playing network, okay. And uh, and uh, Steve, uh, you write and do all that stuff? Where?
4: Yeah, uh, you can find my written reviews at thirdcoastreview.com, the podcast reviews on Movie Madness podcast with Eric, and just general drunken chat. At the Music Box Theater, yeah. wow, drunken chat. I, you, you always seem
3: perfect. You always seem perfectly sober well, to me, and I'm an expert. You only in that, usually in that only department.
4: see me. You usually only see me in the in uh, the weekend mornings when the bar isn't open yet. So, oh, okay. Uh, All right. So, All but wow. if I go at night,
5: forget okay. about it. All right. Well, if you, A if new if you need, series off the Music Box, Steve.
3: If you need to talk sometimes, <laughs> just let me know. Okay. But, no, no, no. Okay. I, yeah, All yeah. right. Just you know. <laughs> um, speaking of the Music Box, uh, this weekend and next are the final to Billy Wilder matinees yeah. for the wildly successful uh, series of matinees, the Nobody's Perfect Billy Wilder matinees that you guys uh, have done for the past seven weeks. Um, and I've gone to every one of them, and the crowds have been mm-hmm. – uh, they range from impressive to insane.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still things. recovering from last weekend's Some Like It Hot series, um, which the, the Saturday was completely sold out and Sunday was pretty close to sold close. out so i was
3: there on sunday it was close yeah was
4: yeah so uh no that, that that was i mean i we, we we suspected that early on that it that would be the one that would probably do it and it did and um yeah so we have two more we have one two three this weekend and i wish i was there this weekend to introduce i'm gonna actually be out of town this weekend because there's some really funny stories about Uh, This is basically the movie that drove James Cagney out of acting for twenty years. So, um, and then there's, and then the last one is the private life of Sherlock Holmes, which I is the only color film we're playing, Um, because you know at the music box we don't really see color anyway. So, um, but anyway, uh, and then and and people come out for the black and white. So (laughs) yes, we're gonna play them as often as we can. So anyway, um, yeah, but that that one that one I may not even introduce because i don't really know the film that well i have seen it but it's been so long that i might and and that was not one of the films i originally pushed forth as being programmed because i didn't push forth enough titles to fill nine weeks so uh our lovely other the other programmers i worked with on this series somebody put that in there so i'm gonna let them probably take the somebody smart
3: pick that one because it's a really yeah yeah it's a it's a fascinating movie uh, and a weird one because it's just all Brits and then it's Billy Wilder yeah um, and goddamn Christopher Lee's in it so right there uh, that yeah. alone should you know have people you know line up to see it so. But no, it's been it's been incredible. Uh and of course, my yeah. favorite, my favorite did not have the biggest crowd. My favorite of all of the movies is had the smallest is, crowd. Had actually. the smallest crowd, which <laughs> yes. uh, uh not shockingly well, was Ace in the Hole. You know,
4: uh, that's so. actually not true because we actually had it. we added a third screening of that for uh DePaul students. So all together, the three screenings together oh. actually actually did hit about like i think i was told about 600 so oh okay. so yes it actually was not the smallest because we had no. an extra screening. yeah because so. you had to
3: add a screening okay that makes sense yeah. that, uh, <laughs> first for students who you forced to see it okay yeah all right i got it all right anyway they weren't forced
4: they could, it was no, voluntary I but I anyway <laughs> yes it was
3: yeah <laughs> yeah
4: it was open to the public um, right but yeah but the yeah. students were there still so. my
3: favorite billy wilder movie still my yeah. favorite after you know and i've seen them all uh, still my favorite And uh, and I I just I remember you know on Sunday when I even my even my even my cohort uh, my friend Julie who's been coming with me to see these she didn't even come to see Ace in the Hole Um, (laughs) it was her mother it was her father's birthday that weekend so that's you know her excuse but I'm sure it was because she didn't want to see the movie Um, but it was (laughs) it was interesting to see people's like reaction because at the end of every single one of these so far. Has been rapturous applause and people mm-hmm. very excited and they can't wait to get out and go have brunch and have some fun. And when Ace of the Hole ended, there was like a people going, "What the fuck?" You know, they were <laughs> like kind of clapping and going, "What? What?" <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm sitting there, you're like, "Yay!" Uh, you know, but but anyway, uh, I, I, and you, I
4: will say, yeah, on, on Saturdays I tend to I, I watch the movies on Saturdays and. I kind of hang around by the entrance just to see what people's reaction is because we we kind of gauge it and or to of be managers... cre- or or to just be creepy. No, no, no. I just yeah. want to. Like, I like the managers I, always I, ask me. They, the managers always ask me like, what I, was the crowd reaction I, like? Yeah. And that I had more people come up to me and talk to me about Ace in the Hole by far yeah. than any other thing I, <laughs> that we played.
3: Somehow I'm not surprised. <laughs> somehow I'm yeah. not surprised by that. But uh, yeah, God, I love that movie so much. Uh, So anyway, but it's been an amazing uh, series. And again, we talked about the last uh, episode um, where you guys are going to do the Billy Wilder Mm -hmm. part two uh, sometime before the end of the year. Right. Don't don't know the the titles yet. Don't know exactly when it's going to happen. But in March, you guys are going to be focusing on another really terrific filmmaker named Coppola. But (laughs) Sophia Coppola and the uh, other one. And yeah. the other one, uh-huh. who, who in many cases is, has, has made films that are just as interesting and just as good as her father has. And mm-hmm. I'm very, very, uh, very, very excited that you guys are going to be focusing on, um, on Sofia Coppola's uh, movies. And, um, uh-huh. and they're all going to be on 35,
4: right? And, that, and 35. I believe so. Yes, I believe yeah. that's right.
3: And, uh, and that is going to be matinees on Saturday and Sunday, one movie a week, correct? <laughs>
4: Uh, I, there might we might be skipping one week, but yes, it, it will be, uh, because of a, uh, silent. Well, I don't actually remember why, but there's, I feel like there's an empty, there's a week there where it jumps. Uh, but yes, it, it is, um, the, her, basically it's her first four films because okay. those are the ones where they were 35 prints of. So, okay. um, so up through bling ring, uh, okay. that's the,
3: all right, cool. Well, yes. those are all great. Those are all, uh, those are all, uh, great films and, uh, and definitely worth looking at. So you mm-hmm. guys continue to do some interesting stuff. There's also a, uh, a big festival happening in April that we'll get to um that i am gonna lose my fucking shit over um <laughs> because of uh who you're focusing on which is uh one of my favorite films. oh
4: yeah <laughs> wait a minute what are you talking about like oh wait, yeah what yeah, do yeah. you mean what are you talking <laughs> about are you out of your mind well, you said, it was the word festival that threw me yeah it's a retrospective yes it, yeah but uh, i mean it's like a full week yeah, yeah. of you know i
3: mean it's a full week of one of the greatest directors that's ever walked the planet and uh and uh so Anyway, that's
4: we'll right. talk it's about It's a full week part. of Roman Coppola. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> wow. Can wow, you fill man. a week with Roman Coppola? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe.
4: If you maybe. include all the things he wrote or
3: stuck his ass- stuck his nose in. Yeah. Aso- associate yeah. produced or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so that's the, some of the stuff that's going on at Music Box. You can check it out at musicboxtheater.com for all the information. But we've got some movies to talk about, and uh, one of them is a real big one. It's the first, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess we can say the first what will probably be the first blockbuster, the first big money maker of uh 2023.
5: The first one that'll crack 100 million e- yeah. e- this weekend easily.
3: Yeah. So, the first big one of the of the yep, uh, yeah. of the year. Okay. And we'll uh we'll do that one last. So, let's start with uh now Eric, you have not seen of an age.
5: I have not. Okay.
3: Uh Steve and I have and uh, this is a, its boy it's, its its interesting to me that it's getting a, a release that's actually in more than one theater. I don't know why, but it's getting kind of a pretty good size. Do we know how many screens this thing is on? Because it's—it's playing—it's playing multiplexes and malls and stuff, which I find strange. Uh, you know, because I don't know if it's the kind of movie that would uh, warrant people for many reasons. Yeah. Uh, I don't (laughs) know. It's strange. It is. Yeah, it's strange that it is. But it's from um, this uh, director named uh, Goran uh, Stolevsky, who is a Macedonian Australian, um, whose only other feature film was uh, this gorgeous horror film from last year called You Won't Be Alone, um, which was one of my favorite movies of last year, one of my really favorite movies of last year. And he follows it up with what is a complete departure from what that movie was, which was uh, my my real quick, you know, uh, elevator pitch on it is is if Terrence Malick made a uh, a, a body horror witch film, <laughs> um, this would be that movie, and I adored that film. His new movie is not that at all, <laughs> not even remotely <laughs> like that at all. And it's called Of an Age, and it comes out today. Steve, why don't you tell us about uh, Of an Age, and then it, we can review it. it.
2: I should I should
4: add he's already shot his next feature and I, I think I read in an interview somewhere that it might make the sort of end of year festival circuit if not actually getting released this year Fine with so me. we might yeah that we, <laughs> this might be the annual tradition yeah, um yeah, yeah only on, only a year after his striking witchy debut you won't be alone uh writer director Goran... Stilevsky comes to us with a very different type of drama set in the summer of 1999 in Australia, centering on a 17-year-old uh, amateur ballroom dancer and Serbian immigrant named Kot, um, uh, who's played by Elias Anton. The film's first half focuses on his kind of race against the clock to locate his dance partner and best friend, Ebony played by Hattie hook. Uh, so the pair can make their senior dance competition finals. Um, in order to drive to where Ebony has woken up after a bender the night before Cot has to enlist the help of her older brother, a grad student um, named Adam. Who's played by the terrific Tom green um, to drive the hour or so by the way, by the way, not that yeah. Tom green. T-H-O-M. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, yeah,
0: yeah. And Just he's Australian.
4: So anyway, right. um, yeah. anyway, along the way, the two kind of get to know each other and Adam reveals that he's recently, I think it was, he got, he'd gotten out of a, a relationship with another man. And that, that information kind of sends the younger kid sort of into a spin Uh, at first we believe he might just be uncomfortable around gay men, but it soon becomes clear that he's actually a closeted gay young man himself. And in fact, you know, and then the fact that Adam is handsome and seems like a fantastic person is sort of forcing him to face up to the true nature of his feelings. And, um, so in the next 24 hours or so, we find out that Adam is actually leaving the country. I think he's going somewhere to South America, um, but that doesn't keep the two of them from, from, from kind of falling for each other and having this really intense, albeit condensed, love affair for one day. Then the film skips ahead several years uh, to a sort of reunion between the two of them, uh, where they're going to Ebony's wedding weekend. Uh, both men have pursued their own kind of life and career paths and seem happy where they've landed but despite the years, they haven't forgotten their time together and feelings for one another. And it's kind of in the second half of the story that the emotional weight of the film really takes hold. Um, Stolevsky is working with the same cinematographer that he did on, you won't be alone, uh, Matthew Chuang. Yeah. And he shoots these two segments very differently. The first half is largely in close-ups inside this very claustrophobic car. Um, and it kind of heightens the the effect that the, the the sort of the pressure that the one younger kid feels uh, in this particular situation about having these feelings kind of come out of them. And then the second half is more open spaces and the energy of the conversations feels loose and more mature, uh, which doesn't mean there isn't plenty of room for heartbreak. And because that can happen in any size venue, let's be honest. Um so uh, Oven Age feels really personal and intimate and gut-wrenching. Um, and as good as Green is, Anton is is really the discovery here, playing this kid, not just at different ages, but also different levels of maturity. He he is a boy at the beginning of this film, and he's very much a, a grown man by the end. Um, and as strong as Stilevsky's first film was, this, this kind of works up the emotional gravitas and makes... Whatever he's going to do next, which we mentioned earlier, um, seem all the more interesting, and I'm really excited to see it. I think this guy, just two films in, it's very clear he's the real deal. I'm just really kind of curious to see where he goes from here, if he goes in a totally different direction or if he sticks. I think this next one is more of a drama as well, but who the hell knows what it's about. I'm just excited to see it. Anyway, of an Age, excellent, excellent film.
3: Yeah, I was... uh completely blown away by this movie and i can't wait to see what this guy does next just two films in as you mentioned he's the real deal this guy i think is an extraordinary talent and i want to dig up he's made several short films Uh Uh um that are out there some that are out there to consume and i'm going to consume them um after seeing this because i saw the film last night and it's still like really fresh in my head and and i and it's going to stay with me for a long time i think it's a it's just a it's a devastatingly beautiful movie um mm-hmm. on so many levels i love the way it's shot and cut especially in the first part of the movie and how it does differ but then there's that segment at the near the end of the film where it starts to be shot in that same way to echo what was happening in the first part of the movie mm-hmm. uh, the performances are all great um you mentioned elias uh, anton uh who who does have uh, a more interesting challenge because he's got to play the uncertain younger character who is not only uncertain about what's happening on that day. And, and it's, it's this frantic uh, <laughs> cer- uh, whole thing to get to this dance on time and to get to his partner who, by the way, uh, 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 Hattie hook is hilarious in this movie <laughs> um, and great. And it's a really, really terrific performance um, that says volumes with just certain looks and it's also really funny. Like, she's very, very funny. All the scenes that she has, mm-hmm. uh, we, they have to rescue her, and then they go get a burger, <laughs> and she's wearing that dress, and then the mother confrontation, and all that, all that stuff. And then in the second part of the film where she's the one getting married is also hilarious. There's great moments in that. And she provides a really nice sort of counterbalance to the intensity of what's happening between these two guys and this discovery that these two guys are making, not just between the two of them, but about themselves. And mm-hmm. especially the character that uh, Elias Anton plays, um, who is remarkable in this movie. And so is uh, the, the, the older character played by, uh, played by Tom Green. And it's all about this insane relationship that takes place. And there's this connecting, mo- like the film has a very intriguing and like kind of strange opening scene. The first opening, I don't want to give anything away, but the opening scene mm-hmm. is like, uh, all right. And then that doesn't really get answered until late in the film, like where that came from. And it's a throwaway which I thought was really brilliant. Um, And the two events that are kind of happening are one of them, this is like in the summer, but it's leading up, we're a couple of months away from Y2K. So that's hovering Mm -hmm. over it. And and, and the main character, by the way, his birthday is January 1st. So like the end, uh, you know, what happens is like one of the things that really kind of powers this along is that the end of the world is coming. Like this kid might not make it to see adulthood. You know what I mean? Like he's going to turn 19, but he might be dead on that day because it's right <laughs> right, right before Y2K. And then the second part of the film happens right during the Icelandic volcano eruptions mm-hmm. that, that that fucked everything up in terms of travel uh, in 2010. And it was weird that that was one of the connecting elements because that's when I went to Ireland and we, were, we thought we were going to be trapped there, which is a great place to be trapped. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to be trapped <laughs> anywhere, it should be Ireland. But like I traveled during that, and knew what a crazy time that was, and uncertain it was, and to put, you know, to have that be the catalyst for what happens at the end, and not in, in addition to the wedding, is beautiful. Like both symbolically and in a connecting way to make these two things happen. But ultimately, what this movie is about, it's about, um, you know, the love that you have, even if it only it, it, this intense love that you have for for another person, the, the fact that you fall in love with someone. And maybe it 's just one day, maybe it 's just one encounter, but it might stay with you forever and that 's what this movie 's about. It reminded me um, it reminded me a lot of uh, the worst person in the world in terms of what sort of thematically it mm. was kind of about. It reminded me thematically a little bit of that stylistically it 's completely different and and, tone, and tonally it 's completely different um, but what 's on display here is a, is a filmmaker of of of, of, of enormous talent and um and beauty like his both of the movies that he's made are beautiful in in different kind of ways they're poetic and they're gorgeous um and this one much more realistic and a great use of music and a it's just and it's also i mean impossibly beautiful this movie like i was destroyed by it like when it was over i was just completely overwhelmed by how emotional it was and how emotional i felt and the ending is like boom i mean it's just like a kick to your heart um I think it's a beautiful movie on every single level, and I, without question, um, it's going to be on my top. I know it's very early in the year, but this thing is going to be on my top 10 list, um, and, and if this guy has got another movie coming out, uh, he might have the distinction of like you know, having <laughs> two films on my top 10 list, and then three in two years. Um, I think this movie's amazing. I don't know how it's going to do. I don't know, how, you know. The audience last night seemed to be baffled by by it. Um, <laughs> And also because it was, you know, uh, it it, it is Australian and has, uh, you know, characters that are from Bosnia and he's Macedonian, the director is. Uh, The accents are thick, and I think some of the people in the audience didn't quite grasp the audio. It didn't help that it was in, I think, a shitty theater uh, with kind of crappy sound. Um, but I think a lot of the people are going to be like trying to get used to this people who walk in off the streets thinking they're going to see like some sort of love story because that's how it's being advertised, which it is, which it is, I think are going to mm-hmm. be one put off by, by, the, you know, the, the accents, the and language and the way it's shot. And then two put off by what, what ultimately what it's really about. So, uh, but I think it's, uh, I think it's an extraordinarily beautiful movie and I can't wait to see what this guy does next. So of an age, so somebody, uh, somebody's really popular. That's not um, me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So anyway, uh, of an age, uh, it is in theaters, and it's actually got a wider release than I would ever have thought. So anyway, uh, can't recommend it highly enough. And I know Steve, you liked it as well, very much. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. All right, now Eric, you need to see it because it's really uh, an amazing film.
5: Did you like You Won't Be Alone? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. I was a fan of that. Saw it at yeah. Sundance last and, well, year.
3: I shouldn't even ask you that because it's a completely different kind of movie. But anyway, <laughs> even though I, I can kind of see that it was directed by the same guy, it's weird. I don't know. They're stylistically and tonally completely different. And yet uh, the kind of talent and heart that's on display in both of those movies is consistent. It's a, He's a great filmmaker, and that's all there is to it. Two movies in, he's great. All right, Eric, uh, speaking of great filmmakers, the latest from, um, uh, from uh, Neil uh, Jordan, a great Irish filmmaker, um, is here and it's Marlowe with uh, Liam Neeson's. With Liam Neeson,
5: yes. Uh, we over the years we've had Bogart, Robert Mitchum, and even Elliot Gould play Philip Marlowe. Um, and in this uh, iteration of the character, uh, it's not based on one of the original Raymond Chandler books. Uh, it's based on a new series of books by a new author from just the last decade. Uh, but it is an aging Philip Marlowe. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he is. Uh, Liam Neeson is 70, so I guess that's the age that we're talking about, or late 60s at least. And uh, it's still 1930s Hollywood, and uh, he gets visited by Claire Cavendish, uh, played by Diane Kruger, who wants him to find uh, a missing lover of hers. Uh, He's not particularly particularly certain that she wants to to find him for uh, reasons uh, that he might be... uh, for for her own benefit as far as the or their relationship is concerned, but that you know there might be other uh, reasons for it. Uh, but in his early investigations uh finds out that he may actually be dead. Uh, his head crushed by uh, a, the wheel of a car uh, but as he continues down the rabbit hole, Uh, discovers that someone might be trying to fake his death or at least try to keep Marlowe or anyone else uh, from discovering him for the reasons that we will discover throughout the story. Uh, As he goes through a number of different uh, suspects and people who might uh, have a relationship with this man, uh, he comes upon uh, people like Danny Houston's uh, studio boss and Alan Cummings, I think it's the nightclub owner, um, he meets up with a couple of fellow uh, detectives, uh, uh, police officers, played by Ian Hart and Cole Meany, uh, and even uh, Claire Cavendish's mother, an uh, uh, aging Hollywood star, played by Neeson's Rob Roy co-star, Jessica Lange. Um, so we have all of the things in place for a hard-boiled uh, detective yarn. Uh, The setting is right. Uh, You have Neil Jordan at the helm, uh, also co-adapting with William Monaghan, whose uh, credits uh, are pretty impressive in in themselves. Uh, But Marlowe's ultimately comes down, I think, to its problems with its story, and mainly that I think that... The mystery element of the film does not really lend itself to a great deal of tension. Uh, more, uh, more often than not, uh, I was drawn more to the performances uh, and the relationships between the characters than I was any particular element of the plot thread. Uh, even as a story that, like other. Uh, more famous or, or even better detective yarns like Ch- Chinatown or even something like Devil in a Blue Dress that are actually making commentary on the, the, the time and place that the film is set and the characters that inhabit it. Uh, this film really doesn't have a lot to say about that, so we just sort of come back to whether or not we're really interested in solving this mystery. And there's not a whole lot of twists and turns to it. You get all the the twists and turns basically come in all of the colorful characters that uh, the, the film thinks are colorful characters uh, coming to the forefront. And even by the time you get to the resolution of everything, uh, Philip Marlowe, even shows up late, pretty much, to everything that happens. So... He almost seems like a third-party player in this entire enterprise. It might have been more interesting to see the people who are responsible for what's going on and see them go through the the, the machinations of putting the plot together rather than Marlowe solving it. Uh, I think Neeson is fine in the role. Uh, I much preferred uh, the work of the ladies. Uh, Diane Kruger and Jessica Lange, I think, are both very interesting um, and really uh, fit the time period very well. Uh, I enjoyed his time with Cole Meadie and Ian Hart. Uh, I wish there was uh, more scenes with them together. Uh, Danny Houston is doing what he's normally does um i liked a a uh, which is not something i usually enjoy i'm not i'm not a Danny houston fan so anytime he shows up and crafts that joker like smile i'm just like you're trying too hard dude i'm not really interested uh but i also liked a chauffeur uh that comes in and almost takes over the role of Marlowe practically late in the film uh, played by Atawali Akanye Kanye, a, a, a Baje. Um, mm-hmm. I liked his character a lot. I wish that it was a buddy movie throughout the entire thing, rather than an older Marlowe trying to solve this thing. So ultimately, I mean, this is a movie that seems to, you know, know the music, but not the lyrics, uh, which is really kind of unfortunate. Uh, I love detective stories like this, but this one, I have to give a pass to. Okay. All
4: right, Steve, what do you think? Oh no, I I dug this. I and I and I will say like the mystery is is in a lot of these noir things or detective things, the mystery's not really the point. The the point is meeting these like, you know, low lives <laughs> that that the detective kind of stumbles upon as he's going through trying to solve this mystery. Mar- Marlowe isn't really trying to solve a mystery. He's just there to expose these people for who they are. And that's that's sort of always the game. Um I, I mean, I, as the, as I think, as the book does, the Jordan kind of very carefully unfurls the story. I can't say I completely understood everything that went on, but I rarely can the first time through like a a film like this. Um, but I feel like there's a patience and a sort of a studied, he's definitely studied the masters of the crime drama. This isn't the first time he's made a a noir or neo-noir film before. So he kind of knows what he's doing here. Um, yeah, it's like a very slow reveal, one piece or one piece of his mystery at a time uh, until just the right moment to kind of throw back the curtain and show everything and throw, you know, basically throw a light on the cockroaches and watch them scatter. Um, the I think I think what come my my favorite performer, Cummings and, and uh, Cummings and Lang are like the ones that I were the true scene stealers for me in this. I think Alan Cummings is so damn funny in this movie and he's one of the he, there's like a, a modern element a modern sort of subtext to his character that you wouldn't have seen in a film from the 30s or 40s but um i don't think i mean jordan's not reinventing anything quite the opposite i think he wants us to remember just how sleazy and creepy these stories could get uh and i and i think he mostly succeeds uh, with a great deal of help from a, a very game cast um and I, 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 I it was nice to see Liam Neeson give a shit again, because I really haven't seen him do that in a while, to be honest. So he looks like he's having the time of his life in this movie. And, um, yeah, I hope I actually kind of hope they make because there, there were other books in this in this series by this particular author. And I, I kind of hope they follow this up somehow. So anyway, yeah, I, I dug it.
3: I did too. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. And I think that the, the mystery to me is secondary. I didn't really care about what was happening. I've we've seen all these things a million times before and I think Monaghan and Jordan know that. And uh and it seems to let's go through the, the function of going through this this mystery that seems secondary. Uh to me it, it was about the characters, to me it was about the the relationships which are either really interesting or uh, or very funny. And to me, it was about capturing uh, the the cliches that we've seen eight million times in other movies, but doing it with a different little twist on it. Um, I, I, you know, movie takes place in the late '30s in Hollywood. The Hollywood stuff to me is on, you know, on the nose and you know, just as sort of pointed and funny as what Chazelle did in, in Babylon. Um, I, you know, I think the cliches of the private eye stuff is handled perfectly. Um, I thought the script by Jordan Monaghan was really, really funny. And, uh, and, and again, you mentioned the cast, the cast is unbelievable in this movie. And yeah, Liam Neeson is, you know, and there's also kind of a tip of the hat to the shit he's been doing. Like there are scenes where he does, <laughs> you know, sm- put guys' heads through the wall and punch him in the face and smash chairs over their backs, and then stays you know, say something as cliched as I'm getting too old for this, you know? Um, and I think that that's done on purpose. There's a wink to that. Uh, and I think that all the Hollywood stuff um that they that they kind of mock in the movie or at least look at uh is done beautifully and and really knowingly made by a filmmaker who's one of the best filmmakers on the planet um and the the cast is amazing even Alan Cumming is unbelievably funny in this uh Cole Meany just to see those guys you know and and I love the (laughs) fact that there's like all these Irish dudes in this movie uh directed by an Irish guy and written by an Irish guy I think one of the guys wrote you know, Monahan wrote uh, *The Departed*. When you're thinking of Irish, you know, gangster movies, obviously, you know, you want to think about that. And uh, and I I think there's a rare there's rarely a misstep in this movie. I think all the all the characters are entertaining and very funny. And the mystery it didn't matter to me. And I love the fact that you know, like late in the movie, suddenly he does team up with this, you know, with this guy uh, who is basically a chauffeur, uh, and they. You know, he does more work than Marlo does um, <laughs> in it. And and that's the case with some of these other Marlo stories where, like, Marlo is not the greatest, you know, gumshoe in the world. He stumbles upon stuff. He fucks stuff up a lot. And that kind of happens in the movie. And, you know, and, 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 uh, and I agree with you, Steve. It's nice to see Liam Neeson do something more than just show up on some form of transportation and throat punch, guys, because that's basically... <laughs> what he's been doing twice a year now for about 15 (laughs) 15 years. And this is not that. It's more than that. And it's beautifully shot. um, It's presented beautifully. I think it's a terrific movie. I think it's terrifically entertaining. And anytime, you know, Neil Jordan makes a movie, for me, it's always an an, an event of some kind. And this is, I I think, a a really great sort of return to form with full movie stars, you know, a well-established, Oscar-winning screenwriter, and, you know, a great crew. This is like somebody put... Neil Jordan back in a director's chair where he's got some pole behind him and some stars in front of him, and the result is a terrifically entertaining, well-crafted film. I think it's terrific. I, I was a I was a real big fan of it, so I'm my recommending. Only, my
4: my only the only thing that nagged me about the movie was I was watching. I'm like, man, I wish this was in black and white.
3: <laughs> yeah, it would have been interesting to see. Although, although, yeah, I mean, that would have been interesting to see. But I think what what Jordan uh, is kind of it hearing... looks great. I'm not, yeah. yeah, it looks
4: great. I'm just saying. I think yeah. it would have been. I think it would have been cool to. Sh- but I don't think whoever put this out would have ever allowed that. So yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm.
3: I'm. I'm actually. I think we're. I think we're lucky it got a release at all. Quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. You know what I mean at this point. Uh, you know. And Eric, are you surprised at the at the amount of theater? I mean, I'll tell you what. The the, the you know the PR department behind this movie just was like, yeah, whatever. You can watch it if you want. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. When I, I mean, I like, I saw this, I saw this, well, I, I watched this movie on a laptop and I want, I'm going to go see it again because I it's a film. It's a goddamn movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's directed by Neil Jordan. It's got beautiful cinematography and great art direction, incredible costumes and big movie stars in it. I want to see it on the big screen. Um, I don't know. I just think that uh, it should have been pushed a little bit more. I don't know.
5: Well, the thing is, is, it's being released by Open Road Films, and Open Road has been on their last leg for several years. Uh, it's now, true. I, didn't I mean, even they, realize
3: that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
5: They haven't had a film. I mean, they've had three Liam Neeson movies released since the pandemic started, yeah. um, and they haven't had a movie in their entire uh, lineup gr- like open to seven million dollars since show dogs in 2018 oh man well and then
3: and on top of that you know like the like the the confidence they have in this movie that they're going to release it on the same weekend as ant-man who the fuck is going to go see this you know what i mean like are people you know like is ant-man going to be sold out well let's go see marlo you know i like that's not you know what i I mean (laughs) like I, i wanted to see paul rudd be wacky but let's go see marlo i you know the, the strategy, and I realized, okay, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't put the, the whole, like, oh, I, I had forgotten that it was an open road film. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So I'd forgotten that that was, that was an iffy, you know, proposition in the first case. But then, like, the way it's been released and the way it was been dumped and even the PR department behind it just seemed like, yeah, if you want to watch it, watch. You know what I mean? It just, yeah.
5: <laughs> and, and this I got the. PR like, departments were like that. Here, you want to watch it, here you go. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is a movie <laughs> that,
3: I don't know, to me, this is a, this is a terrific movie that no one's going to see. And and uh, and and yet another movie, that, another great Neil Jordan movie that is going to be under the radar, and this one shouldn't have been because it's got big stars, and it's got a big, you know, it's got a, it's got a character that's legendary in, in literature and in film, and yet no one's going to see it. And, you know, or, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I really like the movie, and I hope people see it, but nobody will. But that's, Mar- <laughs> that's Marlowe. All right. <laughs> now let's talk about the movie that everybody's going to go see this weekend. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. It's a Steve, mouthful. yeah, Steve, you can you can you can go ahead and give this one a shot. Go ahead,
4: do the honors. All right. Yeah. Uh, without without really meaning to, the character of Ant Man has become something of a major player in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. After starring in two films that were largely disconnected from the rest of the very much connected Marvel movies, uh, Paul Rudd Scott Lang got to play a major role in saving the known universe in Avengers Endgame. Uh, thanks to spending an extended period of time in the quantum realm and realizing that time works differently in that subatomic other world. Um, So the latest Peyton Reed-directed installment, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, we we take our first deep dive into the quantum realm, a place we've only gotten glimpses of in previous films. It's also the first Ant-Man movie that feels like it it has genuine consequences and stakes and isn't only just about, like, jokes and about how small or large Scott can get. Um, So by being set largely in a place where anything is possible, both Reed and screenwriter Jeff Loveness and the creative team get to do a bit of and go nuts, like with creature designs and world building and expanding uh, upon the the villain Kang the Conqueror, uh, played by the gripping Jonathan Majors, uh, whose who's variant we met in the Disney Plus' Loki series. All, all of that said, what we actually end up with is a sludgy, vague, surprisingly dull-in-spots uh, film. And in fact, were it not for the likes of Rudd and Majors and Michelle Pfeiffer, who's finally getting sort of a front-and-center role in one of these films as the original Wasp Janet Van Dyne, one could almost accuse this movie of, of lacking a soul. Um... So anyway, this this is, like I said before, this is the first anime movie where Pfeiffer really gets to shine, and in some cases, kind of takes center stage in a story um, about Scott's now kind of grown daughter, Cassie, screwing up a bunch and launching them all back into the quantum realm. And my I gotta say, my first I said this to Eric yesterday, my first problem with the film is that as much as I have enjoyed Catherine Newton in other films, I think her take on the, you know, supposedly very intelligent Cassie Lang is just annoying. And the entirety of her character development is that when her father tells her not to do something, she just does it with reckless abandon and then kind of browbeats him for being a loser and never trying to help other people, other than the fact that he, you know, saved the universe. Anyway, so, they, so, so but with Pfeiffer, um, you know, she spent, her character spent 30 years in this place, uh, in the quantum realm, with everyone she was dead, and so now, now they're set back. And so she's the one who kind of has to lead them through the exploration of this of this place, and um, and and everything that is both dangerous and just looks dangerous, but is actually kind of cool. Um, chief among the things to fear, though, is this Kang character, a multiverse hopping being. Um, of whom this particular variant is determined to destroy any other timeline featuring variants that threaten his existence. Um, he even indicates that he's fought and killed Avengers uh, in other timelines, and so many, in fact, that he doesn't even remember if Ant-Man was one of the people that he killed. Anyway, so so Janet and Kang have this history, um, one that may not paint Janet in the best light, because she not only defied him and spoiled his a uh, chance for him to leave the quantum realm, but also uh, when she left the realm, she kind of left the residents of the quantum realm without someone to look out for them and protect them. Um, there are a ton of uh, supporting characters here, some of whom serve Kang, like this living weapon called MODOK. I don't want to give away who plays MODOK. There's a power broker named Lord Krylar played with appropriate uh, panache by Bill Murray, as well as those who defy them, like Katie O'Brien's... Gentora uh, and William Jackson Harper's Quaz, and even a faceless being named Veb, who was voiced by the franchise veteran David Dismalchen. uh None of these new characters, don't get me wrong, none of these new characters are built up in terms of development in any way. Uh, a few of them are actually like genuinely robbed of anything resembling a well-rounded arc. But I will say that it's 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 majors that as Kang, that is to me, was the highlight of this film. I mean, aside from the fact that Kang is going to be like kind of a major player in the next couple phases of the MCU, I, also, I just think that there's an intensity about him that is undeniable. It's utterly captivating. We kind of lock into him because we really don't have any clue what he's about to do next, and I mean majors. I don't even mean Kang majors. Um, we're a little scared of him, um, but more than that, I think we're fascinated by him. The problem is the screenplay does him no favors. The screenplay act almost actively hates this character because he's just, he's just sort of speechifying. He's just, he's not really giving us much other than vague threats and, and, and self aggrandizement and any, anything, any drama, any intensity about the characters all coming from the actor. So, um, you know, it's it's it, there, there's a there's a lengthy there's a lengthy climactic fight scene between Kang and Ant Man that is basically just Lang getting the stuffing punched out of him, and it's almost funny until you consider that killing an Avenger really means nothing to Kang. But like it, in in reality, like there's no way that somebody like Ant Man or the Wasp can beat this guy, and yet here we are. So, um I, more than anything, I know Quantum Mini is meant to set stuff up of what's coming next, and I know that kind of pisses a lot of people off but like every story has to start somewhere so why not here i i only wish the film had focused more on on like making cassie lang someone we were interested in following beyond this movie um i think someone who has actually fought kang like like her could be of use to future you know people who have to fight him um you don't have to sacrifice story to push fantastic visuals to the foreground but i'm not quite sure that the filmmakers of this of, of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania quite figured that out. Um, yeah, I, I was disappointed with this one.
5: Okay. Uh, Eric? Well, if if Quantumania ex- succeeds in, in any place, it does in two areas. One of them being the casting of Jonathan Majors as Kang and as introduced in the Loki series where uh, I don't know if anyone knew that he was cast as that character. And when he shows up at the end of Loki, uh, it really is quite a moment. Uh, not just the, you know, we're happy to see this guy cast in this role, but he really brings something to that. And the and the script for for that episode really gave you an idea of who this character was. It, it was so it wasn't just the actor; it was also the screenplay. Uh, so I'm very curious to see where they might take this character, because I think he's a potentially very interesting one. I think they do a pretty decent job laying the groundwork for the big bad. The other thing that this film succeeds in doing is removing all sense of fun whatsoever from the (laughs) Ant-Man character and the series in in, in general, because the Ant-Man movies have not been the most profitable in the Marvel series. They've basically been the palate cleanser. They've been sort of the in-between movies that are just meant to be kind of goofy and fun and little heist movies and chase movies. uh, And you don't have to carry much into it. and You don't have to carry much out of it. Uh, even even, Even with setting up other things in the universe. They just kind of exist on their own. And then you bring Paul Rudd's character into some of the other Avengers movies and he... In, you know, it brings in a, a good sense of humor, uh, and it's just—it's just fun. It's fun to see him. And here they strip that away from Rudd because. They, they're, they're so interested in setting up the Kang character that the first hour of this movie, when they get into the quantum realm, it's everyone going, oh, it's him, it's he, oh, he's watching, he's doing this. And it's always as he, him, and it's always alluding to this character that we only got a brief glimpse of at the beginning of the movie. We know who they're talking about, but every time they go, who are you talking about? They cut away to somebody else that then leads up to, he did this, who are you talking about? And then they go cut away to something else uh, so, by the time you get to Kang, it's you're already halfway through. You're already disengaged by so much that's going on. Majors brings it in the back half of this movie. Uh, Pfeiffer is trying to bring it. Uh, they don't have an, I mean, the, 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 her storyline is just not as great. as interesting, but at least she's trying to bring something. Michael Douglas, if you told me that they filmed all his stuff in two days and just did close-ups of him with nobody else around when he was available, I'd believe it, because he is completely checked out uh, of, of of this film, and... I I agree with a lot of other things that Steve said. I think Newton's take on on the the daughter character is really kind of annoying and and flat even sometimes. Um they introduce they're doing some world building in the quantum realm with some really like William Jackson Harper and he just kind of gets tossed aside. The Dismalchin voiceover character gets tossed aside. They got this this Gentor, this female warrior who almost seems like she's angling for her own movie in the back half of this thing. Uh, and I was just, I was, I was happy by the end that there was, there was just a good old fashioned fisticuffs and it was just a bunch of punching as opposed to people just putting their hand out and, you know, moving people across, you know, gravity and whatnot. Uh, I, no, I mean, I, I was only a marginally more involved in this one than I was with all of the Marvel movies from last year because of Jonathan Majors. Uh, and that's it.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I, you guys know I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. Uh, I, you know, like there's a lot of stuff in this movie. I, I, don't know who the fuck this is. I don't care. I don't care what phase we're in in the Marvel universe. I do not care about any of this shit at all. Uh, having said that, there are certain things in this movie that I liked, and I got to tell you, not one of them is Jonathan Majors. Sorry. Um, uh, that kind of that kind of performance as the ultra, ultra ultra villain is not. I mean, he's not breaking any new ground. It's the kind of shit that villain uh, actors playing villains has been doing for years and years and years, and I don't see it now. I have not seen the Loki series because I don't give a shit, uh, and so like I don't know. I, I don't know any of that. I don't know the background of the character. He's a bad guy, and boy, boy, oh, boy, did he act like a bad guy. Okay, fantastic. And you're right, uh, uh, Eric. Uh, the the uh, the other Ant Man, especially the first one. Uh, the other Ant Man movies are are a couple of the Marvel movies that I don't that that I don't like dislike. Because I had a lot of fun because they 're stupid, and this one of course immediately becomes very serious um, and uh, the, I, I guess i 'm an old man because to me, the two things in the movie that I like most were the one scene with Bill Murray is by far the best thing in the entire movie. by <laughs> far, the most entertaining and most and and most interesting scene in the entire movie is the one scene with Bill Murray, and then I like Michelle Pfeiffer um uh, again uh you know she does she does as you know the best that she can with a role that 's not that great, but that's not you know like that's pretty much the case of the entire movie didn't care about any of the relationships the you know the daughter father relationship all that other shit didn't care about that and how that echoed between the characters that michael douglas 's character and michelle Pfeiffer's character and all that stuff uh uh and and so so I, on that level i didn't care didn't think it was uh, uh it was well made in terms of action. I thought the 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 special effects. I mean, it looked like Oompa Loompa Land uh, for most of the movie, and I think that like um, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe someone should uh, give George Lucas a writing credit just because the entire movie takes place at a very large Star Wars cantina. Uh, I mean, that's like every goddamn character looks like oh well, (laughs) like it's a very it's like the every single inhabitant of the quantum world or whatever the hell it is seems like it's just a really large cantina that's what it felt like to me it was like oh it's the cantina scene from star wars for an hour and a half you know what i mean um and i just didn't care about any of it um i I, uh uh, didn't care about the setup i just i don't care about these goddamn movies anymore and i understand that this phase five is all about doing this like i did it start with the strange movie was that phase five because no this is the beginning of phase five Okay. Well, they all—I don't give a shit. Anyway, it's the look, Tang Dynasty. <laughs> so, it's, oh, so basically, now it's just going to be all all about Jonathan Majors' character, right? Is that but King is the thing right?
4: He, but he won't be—he's not going to be a part of every movie, but like he's not—I right. don't think he's going to have anything to do with Guardians of the Galaxy three. So, yeah, um, no, but but he is sort of the over, and he, actually, he's going to be part of. I think it's five and six. I think the, I think the I end of this comes at the end of six. Anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. There's a lot of movies yeah. to go. Yeah. There's a lot of movies <laughs> to
3: go and I don't give a shit about any of them. So, uh, so I just don't, I don't give a fuck. Anytime these Marvel movies come out now at this point, I'm like, I don't give a shit. And, and I liked the Ant-Man movies. And from the beginning, I was like, this is not the kind of Ant-Man movie I want to see. I want to see an irreverent, goofy kind of an Ant-Man. And they try to do it. There are attempts at humor, uh, that, that, that uh, the character. Uh, uh, I don't want to give away who it is, but there's a character that's played for laughs in it. Um, uh, I don't want to give it away. I won't give it away. But, but anyway, no, I, I, I don't care. And I just thought that, like, it looked bad. I thought the special effects weren't great. And it was just like, everything was like, it was like, okay, this was shot all, you know, all of this stuff was CGI. All of this stuff was green screen. None of it looked, I couldn't, it, it, even if you were to attach yourself emotionally to it, it felt so artificial in every single shot that I couldn't even find anything to latch on to. Even if I cared and I didn't. So I don't know. Uh, Bill Murray's funny. That's about it. So I don't know. All right. Well, shit. I just <laughs> I, I don't care about him. But Lay, hey, Marlo, and in, uh, in Oven Age. I like those. I, both of those mm-hmm. very much. Uh, and then the next time was we got Creed, right? Speaking of Jonathan Majors. Uh, uh, Creed 3. Creed 3. And then Children of the Corn, man. Remake. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> Children of the Corn so yeah, that's that's gonna
5: suck
4: i think i think isn't the new guy richie movie come out that week too it Eric does or...
5: it <laughs> does yeah operation <laughs> fortune ruse degree uh, i just right, i didn't well. want
4: you to miss it uh, nick I didn't thanks want you to... yeah so yeah great <laughs> really really right so anyway look if, if, if you're making a here's the
3: first thing if you're making a, a children of the corn movie and courtney gaines isn't in it uh, then, uh, then you don't you don't make it. That's that's the way yeah. I look at it. So anyway, all right. Well, at least Creed three that one that that's got. I'm looking forward to that since the other two are great. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to see how Michael B Jordan does as a director. So there you go. All right. All right. Well. All right. Uh, so that's it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Steve, Eric, thanks, buddies. Thanks. Thank you. All right. See you later. There's uh, Steve and oh. there's uh, Eric and uh, let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Uh oh, and I think we're getting a visit from
0: the British man in the submarine. Esmeralda. Yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, I'm talking about that Esmer. Esmeralda, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, get yourself some Esmeralda, love me some Esmeralda, Esmeralda Leon, yeah. yeah, Esmeralda.
3: Right. Esmeralda. We know that theme. Let's say hello to my friend Esmeralda Leon. Hi Esmeralda.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
3: Oh man, yeah. I'm alright.
1: <laughs> oh, well then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, man.
3: Uh, you looking forward to your uh, to your trip? Well, you don't leave until uh, oh yes, till next week. Till next week, but we're yeah. gonna we'll we'll still uh, have you with us on uh, our next show on Tuesday and our next mm-hmm. show on on Friday. Even though you mm-hmm. through, through the magic of technology, you will be with us. Oh yes. <laughs> so, are you excited about it? You, you, you oh yeah, it? for sure. Okay, cool. How long
1: are you going to be gone? Uh, five days. Five days. Okay, cool, yeah.
3: man. Have fun. Really,
1: thank you. Uh,
3: we will miss you at Zany's in Rosemont.
1: Um, yeah, I. Yeah. It will be a great time regardless. Thank
3: you, I, mean, I appreciate that. And uh, and and I can't wait till you get back, and then uh, we'll 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 get you back at uh, Zany's when you're back in. But Amy, oh, Guth, yeah. is, Amy Guth is Amy Gooth is going to be sitting in. Yes. On, uh, on Tuesday night. So we hope that you can make it to Zany's. John decosse is our special guest. Uh, Rosemont dot com. Um, if you want to get tickets, and by the way, I, I believe bo- I, I believe we've got the. Uh, Discounted tickets available right now. I think we're, we're available. Uh, you can uh, use uh, promo code Nick, N-I-C-K, nice. uh, all caps, and you can get a discount on your tickets if you want to do that. Rosemont.Zanies.com. It's uh, Tuesday, February 21st, 7.30 showtime, 6.30 doors open, 847-813-0484. Get your tickets now. Let's pack the place. It's going to be fun. Lots of really cool stuff to give away, including uh, dinners at Gale Street Inn and We'll talk about. It. We'll talk with uh, John DeCos, and Amy Guth will be there, and we'll talk with everybody in the audience, and we'll have big laughs. My dad will close the show with a couple of jokes, and again, you can get some discount tickets. I think we're knocking off a few bucks for the for the price uh, if you want to get in there right now. So go to rosemont.zanies.com, find the Nick D podcast uh, show, and say uh, Nick is the f- is the pro- enter the promo code Nick all caps N I C K, and you'll get some cheap tickets. So get your ass out to uh, Zanies this Tuesday, and uh, we'll also we'll we'll do a toast uh, to you, Esmeralda, while you're no. Oh. Thank you. Not that you'll <laughs> Sounds care. Sounds like I'm dead. No, no, not that you'll care. You'll be on a beach somewhere, you know, uh, getting a tan. Um, so, anyway. So, uh, all right. And, you know, uh, we're going to get back to our magic megaphone um, messages that we have, that we will mm-hmm. get to those. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to our taste testing the next time that you're with us. Yeah. Because we have a special visit. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, but we do have to, I mean, we, we, uh, well, we always get a visit from... <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, hi. Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah. and I hey, by the love way, Nick's show.
3: You know what her sign says today? She's carrying a sign, Esmeralda.
1: What's it say?
3: One week to cocaine, bear.
1: Oh, wow. She's yeah. already, she's got she's, a little timer going.
3: Yeah, well, she's got to promote it. You know what I mean? I, she actually, that is true. If I'm not mistaken, I think she's going to be away from the back porch uh, a few days uh, this coming week because she's got to do promo right. stuff like on Good Morning America and things, yeah. and things like that. And,
1: so. But, you know, the one person, every person counts. So she's promoting right. to you. Right. She's telling me. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie
3: Russell, and I yeah. love it. One person. Nick's the show. one person. The one person matters. That's right. Apparently you know what how many people listen to our podcast, Esmeralda. Well. No, I'm kidding. That's, <laughs> that's, that's and
1: something. people who see her on the port, I'm sure. Right. She's yes.
3: there are many, <laughs> many. So anyway, uh yeah,
0: yeah Yeah. All
3: right. Anyway, so we're putting all that stuff on hold because we have a visitor from another land. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know him. I know him. Our good friend Tom Hush. You know who Tom Hush is, right?
1: Oh, yes. He's the, the lovely exec- Tom Hush.
3: He's a fantastic. He used to produce my radio show back uh, when mm-hmm. we, I worked at this place that is now a car wash. And, uh, and now he produces the Steve Cochran Morning Show weekdays, 530 a.m. to 9 a.m. on WLS AM 890, the big 89. Very he nice. is the executive producer of the Steve Cochran Show. I appear on the Steve Cochran Show. Hey, in fact, I appeared this morning. Oh, it was, it, lovely! It went,
1: it went really well. Was Tom? How did you? Uh, did you greet Tom? He was
3: he was drunk again. Oh, so, Jesus! Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, well, yeah, I guess was, he does this, his best work that way. Despite the <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Despite the fact that uh, you know that he was you know loaded, the show went really well. It was fun to be yeah. with Steve and hmm. all kinds of stuff. Anyway, uh, anyway, he knows Tom, our good friend Tom. Knows this guy very, very well. And he's a British Bon vivant slash game show host. Mm, and mm-hmm, he joins yes. us every once in a while, as you know, Esmeralda, where we play a round of this fantastic music trivia game where we battle each other, Esmeralda. You know that. Mm-hmm. It's called For the Record. And so yeah. uh and then he magically appears when I play a theme. Are you ready to to see if he magically appears, Esmeralda?
1: I'm ready. Here
3: we go. Let's see what happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> wow! Hello.
3: Hello! Hi! Goodness! Oh, goodness! You, you say? You seem very. You're, a, you're a happy slap, slaply today.
2: I uh, uh, thank you very much, Nick. It's because I've had four green apples. Ah! Well, those are uh, those. Those are the kind fruit. Of- those are moldy. Oh, I no, think. no, no, no. Not the fruit, my dear Esmeralda. The cocktail. Oh. oh. What's, in, what's in a green mm. apple? Um, Mostly absinthe. Jesus. Okay.
5: <laughs> well, this that's, is Slap. That's this pretty is
2: much it. Slap Slaply, everybody. He joins us
3: um, uh, via his submarine, which he takes down uh, to, to, to uh, Lake Michigan and uh, uh, down... Um, down the,
2: the the you know down the down the river the Chicago River, uh, and it's a hell Shindu- of a trip. Yeah. Oh God. I, I let me tell you, with gas prices as they are, yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> ferocious on my large, large, unending fortune. Yeah. Have I you know
1: that- have you thought to go green? Maybe an um, EV submarine.
2: You know what? We tried to do the <laughs> nuclear thing, but it kind of uh, they they. I got hunted down actually in this bloody submarine. Really, uh, Alec Baldwin was chasing right. me, and I just I wasn't about it. So I right. just I moved on from the nuclear thing. I, they don't seem to like that now, too much. Uh,
3: did you play mm. a Russian? But did you keep your your English accent? Or yes, okay, yes, absolutely.
2: Sure. Uh, me and uh, Mister Connery, Lord yes. Connery, uh, yes. we we kind of did the same thing. Although I was naturally better, but. Uh-huh. That's uh just my opinion.
3: Okay. All right. Well, uh uh I happen to love something. Now let me ask you this though, Slap. I, I understand that it's for- it may be expensive, but it seems to me that it's a very it's a much safer way than like doing the hi- the you know doing the the blimp or the balloon that you used to travel in cuz that oh, yes. is now very you're going to get shot
2: down now if you if you do that, right? Oh my god. I mean, the Hindenburg was actually mine. Um, oh, it was. So that was I did. Yeah, that I did. Oh no. That was that was a bit of a disaster. Uh-huh. And now yeah, I, every time bad. I try to take I've I've tried to take um I actually own the Goodyear blimp, you oh, you know, do, the one Oh, you that's do? Always, oh wow. Yeah, I bought I bought that some years back from the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys and um i wasn't aware I was...
3: that the, i wasn't aware that the dallas cowboys owned it either oh uh, yeah no they, oh. uh, they well, bought you know. it
2: years ago they bought it years <laughs> uh-huh. ago and they just uh-huh. never changed it because it's like you know it's very iconic so i bought it <laughs> just for on a lock basically and uh now i have to worry about um them confusing me for like some chinese balloon or something yeah like you don't that. want to get shot down i mean they're shooting them down left and right it's it, it reminds me of my days flying with the red baron right yep right you're flying ace the, and, I, you... and i mean the dog you know the dog the flying Yeah.
3: i was gonna ask you if you if in fact you flew with a beagle i don't know if that was uh a...
2: yeah it, he was it, the red baron was incredible um great pizzas by the way mm. um, and wow. amazing for a dog to be doing that at his at his species and age incredible yeah. And the well, he's it, also
1: it, flying a plane, right? So you yeah. know, making well, pizza also, isn't I mean, really that a, far it, off. It,
3: it's also really—it's kind of a—it's a doghouse. He's flying, actually, which is pretty. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: and, amazing and I feel car. like I feel like Esmeralda is implying that flying a plane and making quality frozen pizza are the same <laughs> thing. They're not the same thing. <laughs> making a quality frozen pizza that you can market and that is the same every time is much no. harder than flying a doghouse wow. plane in World War One.
1: Now, was he? Was he flat? Was he making the pizzas in the doghouse plane? He, uh, yes,
2: after he landed. Oh. after after wow. he would land, he would, yeah, would he make ha- the pizzas and then send them off to the freezing. facility. it's uh, you know, listen, it's his story, not mine. I was just there, right? I would just happen right. to mm-hmm. be there.
3: Right. He was there. All, you 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 have been everywhere, slap. Uh, uh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I, I believe it was Johnny Cash that once said that I've been everywhere, it man. It has. Yeah, it was Johnny Cash. <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs> yes.
0: Correct.
2: All right. Well, uh, we do have a game
3: here that we play called For the Record, and uh, we're always in a, I wonder who. Uh, how, we're going to win. Whoever wins Esmeralda, uh, we will get $8 million. Ooh.
1: Ooh. That's a lot. Uh, and I yeah. just
3: saw a, a Buick uh, 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 a Buick Centura <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> pull, pull up outside. Raquel Welch is driving.
1: Oh, so, boy.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh,
1: well, man. I'm sure you're going to want to.
3: Well, get in on that. Yeah, are you kidding? But yeah, but <laughs> the thing about the thing about Raquel Welch uh very quickly is that yes, mm-hmm. incredible uh sex symbol an amazingly beautiful woman uh vavavavoom, I believe that term was invented for her if I'm nice. not mistaken, but also like very very funny and uh self-aware and was a was a really really uh, uh, at times uh, and she's never she wasn't given a chance very often, but she was a really terrific actress, especially in westerns. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of her. So she's out there, and she's dressed, by the way, in the same uh, in the costume uh, where uh, in, from uh, from Hanny Calder. That's the that's the the thing she's wearing, the costume she's wearing.
2: Well, and you know the best part about her driving the car is that she won't need airbags because oh she's just gonna. <laughs>
3: oh my god and i do not have the rim shot i cannot believe i do not have the rim shot i'll give you this
0: yeah man. So there, there you go that seems more that's, accurate yeah, that yeah it does. is
3: absolutely more considering, accurate considering it was a really sexist and goofy ass comment but that's good <laughs> but i expect that listen from, I, I expect you know that from what? the brits
2: hey uh, you know raquel welch loved that joke. Would. No, you know would have she would no she would have yeah i want she, that to be known
3: yeah. No, she would have. You're absolutely right. She would have because she had a great sense of humor about, you know, uh, that. And, 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 you know, I know that she was like began like her, uh, you know, her ascent into in the 60s. But for me, uh, because of I, I am a child of the 70s, it was all about the 70s stuff that she did, man. So uh, now I, I I have thrown in uh slap. Uh, this is going to when we get something right, when somebody gets a question right, we'll hear this. Ow! Okay. Jesus
2: Christ! What <laughs> is that? No! No! You, oh, jeez, Stop! No! Oh and, my and, God! And that's if you get no. it right.
3: If you get it wrong, you get this. Ah! So that's that's.
2: Those are the who who made those? <laughs> Why here? Why t- would you do that? Here.
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
3: Carrie Russell made those uh, sounds for us, so.
2: There's no way, there is absolutely no way in hell that I'm going to listen to that for the next, like, what, 30, 40 minutes? Right. Oh, that's Jesus a, that's, Christ. That actually is,
3: we, what we've actually narrowed down is that that's actually Michael Jackson stepping on a
2: tag. Right. Oh, God. Oh, my. I'm serious. Do not play that. Do ah! not play it.
3: You don't want to hear that either?
2: No. <laughs> mother just, why <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> all
3: right we won't play them Esmeralda. what a, what a, what what i didn't know that slap was a wimp Esmeralda. What, what's going
1: well on? you know he's british oh so. there it is <laughs> all right
3: all right we we don't want to harm your ears slap so uh or, or in in your case, I think, or mess with your hangover. I think maybe that's what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. you know what? The reason I don't want to hear a pe- a piercing scream every time <laughs> someone gets something correct, the reason I is because I'm I've got a hangover. Oh, got, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think we're gonna it's... actually play that, but that's you get. The,
3: I'd like I... to announce this is my last <laughs> appearance. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. Um, uh, for the record, there are uh, what are we? One, two, three, four, five, six different uh, cat degrees, as you say, right? Yes. By, by the way, I was watching this show uh, called The Wheel.
2: Uh okay. the one with Pat Sajak? No, 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 no. Some, it's some <laughs> other jag, a British different guy. Different wheel. Some oh British... no, that it's 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 that. I uh, know who he is. He's like uh, something. I can't remember Mac. his name. Uh, no, he's he's an he's an asshole. He- no <laughs> he's an asshole. He's he's
1: not funny.
3: As, as bro- no, he's not. And his he's, brother have you seen he's this show? Uh, the show? Uh, fat. The have you seen the show? The wheel. It was like a. Was, I
1: have not seen the show. It was only no. on
3: for a short. It was a, like a. I think it was just for the holidays. They did it for like the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's or something. Mm-hmm. And it was he just this British dude, and I can't remember his name. Maybe somebody can look him up. It was it was the wheel. And it was on NBC, and it was somebody would sit in the middle of this thing and then ask. They would have trivia questions, and they could they could have a celebrity uh, expert ask answer the questions with mm-hmm. them.
1: So his name is Michael Mc, McIntyre. Uh, McIntyre, Michael, Michael McIntyre. Mc, oh, that's McIntyre. Okay. Yeah. So is There's he, no is, he or or is he British?
3: His name is McIntyre, so he's Scottish then. I or mean, he, maybe. Well what's no, he sound
1: he's
3: just, like? He, he sounded he's British.
1: Sound, yeah, he, just he sounded not, he's
3: annoying. Not... Actually, he sounded fucking annoying. He is, annoying. Exactly, he is yeah. British. He All is right, English. So he's British. Okay, just threw me with the McIntyre thing. That threw me. But uh, yes, but...
1: because this is a it is, this is a take uh, from a British game yes. show,
3: right? And I and I remember uh, actually, slap. I I uh, I asked your old friend Tom, who knows a bunch of uh, Brit, Brits and stuff, and is related mm-hmm. to Brits and Scots and things like that. If he knew who this guy was, he's like, yeah. And he also said that he was an asshole, as you would say.
2: An asshole. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, if they, listen, all they have to do is replace Michael McIntyre with Joey McIntyre and then uh, we're in business. I'd watch oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'd be then into it. I would absolutely yeah. so, watch it.
3: But anyway, that, I was watching that show, and he said categories exactly the way you do slap.
2: Oh, I, I, it's almost like <laughs> we're from the same country. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh it's my unbelievable. God, no way. Oh. How does that happen? Hmm. I don't know. I'll tell you it's, how it, it happens. It's something disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Oh so, my god! All right. Well, let's get <laughs>
3: let's get on with it. For the record, and Esmeralda goes first. Correct uh, slap.
2: Yes, yes. Okay. Ladies first. Right. Ladies first. Here all we right. go. Oh, thank you. All right, Esmeralda. Your category is the '80s, mm-hmm. and your question is: What was the Thompson Twins' highest-charting U.S. hit? Was it "Hold Me Now"? Lay your hands on me, king for a day, doctor, doctor. All right, you you broke up there a little bit at the, <clears> the <throat> end. Give the give the four. Yes, and
3: I'll, by the way, I'm I'm, I'm I'm actually astonished that they all four of them are actual Thompson Twins songs. Oh, yeah, so they're trying they to trick people. I see. Yeah, yeah, I I just I, normally they do the give you the one obvious answer and they make up these stupid. But this one actually these are right. all an actual Thompson Twins song. What are they against
2: hmm. them? All right, so your four options for the highest-charting U.S. hit for the Thompson Twins is Hold mm-hmm. Me Now, Lay Your Hands on Me, King for a Day, and Dr. Doctor, Doctor.
1: I am going to go with the only one I know, Hold Me Now.
2: <laughs> and that is correct. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no, I was no, right. She, oh, she got it right. Jeez.
3: Okay, there you go. You got it right, I <sighs>
2: Well, uh, sla- I, I'm sla- not kidding. I am looking at a gun on my bedside table, <laughs> and I'm seriously considering it. I'm thinking, why not? Why not today?
3: Uh, by the way, the Thompson Twins in, uh, I want to say, the summer of 1984, um, you could not get bigger than, uh, than the Thompson Twins. And uh, a great band. A great band. And nobody was named Thompson, and there were three of them. So uh so there, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Slap were they popular in your you were they were obviously popular in your part of the world?
2: Oh yeah, they were quite big, um, you know, especially because they did a wonderful rendition of uh, God Save the Queen uh, really really hip in 80s. Uh, the only problem is is that the Queen hated triplets. Ah, so, all right. wow. Okay, well you they know, weren't she, they, were, or,
3: they weren't triplets
2: either, but that's okay. Oh, she. Uh, yeah, uh, but her, she doesn't know. Uh, oh, okay. She, <laughs> they were three people in a row, as oh, far as she's okay. concerned. Oh, I see. Triplets, I see. I just, I just three
3: people in a row pissed her off. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So no,
2: yeah. You could. You. That was actually a rule in Buckingham: is that you either had to have two people standing together or four people standing together. <laughs> If it were three people, you were done. It was I, I, over. I, I got gotcha. you. All right. <laughs> She's well, a
1: particular lady.
2: Fascinating. And by the way, Esmeralda, if you don't know uh, the
3: Thompson Twins, um, I think that you would like them. I think that you should look up those other songs. They're all good. They're, mm, they're okay. Really, I think one of the best um, and uh, and most creative uh, bands of the '80s. And uh, they didn't include lies, lies, lies. Yeah, on that list, which is also a jam. Uh, but anyway, so you should check all that out, Esmeralda. They're good. They're really good. Thompson Twins. Hmm. Yeah, they're good. I think I really, and I know your taste, Esmeralda. You know, and the fact that like you really enjoyed uh, Tears for Fears when we went a few yeah, months
0: back—they're
1: great. Um, uh,
3: they're not cut. They're they're cut in the same kind sort of sort of cloth. I think you would like uh, Thompson Twins. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. suggesting that you check that out. Yeah. So anyway, all right, Esmeralda one, me zero. All right, yes. Sap.
2: All right, Ow. Nick, it's your turn. Oh, good oh. lord, do not, <laughs> do not. <laughs> okay all right the 90s, 90s is your okay. category i
3: was drunk during most of that decade so uh yeah this should be you good. know you and everyone else that's right
2: all right who who brought the version of macarena to the top of the charts in august of
1: 1996 Shit. was it mm, cheese what? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute <sighs> mm, cheese wait mm, like mm, this is good Mm, no, cheese. Like- <laughs> Wait, what? What are we? <laughs>
3: Slap is going to get the gun on himself right now. Uh, or is it an? Um, was it
1: an N? Mm, yeah, no, cheese.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like the second half of mac and cheese.
3: Oh, I see. Oh, like in cheese, mac and cheese. So no mac, yeah, in mm, cheese. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Cheese. Okay, mm, uh,
0: cheese. okay mm, in cheese. Okay, cheese. so in cheese. Okay. Uh,
3: I'd like some <laughs> cheese. Uh, okay, sure. I'd like a. I like a bowl of blank and cheese and cheese. Okay,
1: mm, I got it. mmm. Mm, mm, I'm having trouble with this. Mmm and mm, and cheese. Right. Just,
3: but no, no mmm.
2: Just mm, cheese. Just
1: mm, cheese. Mm, all right. Mm,
2: wait. Mm, cheese. Uh, okay. Just stop. Just, all right. Just stop. You started it. <laughs> All uh, right. T- okay. All uh, right. I'm back. I'm awake. Okay. Good. I'm glad. Um, all right.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, who's, okay, the, I can't wait. I
2: can't wait to hear the other choices. The <laughs> other ones are not nearly as good. Um. Okay. Cow- the Cowboy Junkies. Wait. <laughs> the, Macara- the Macarena yeah. by the Cowboy Junkies? Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my God. I just got the joke. Uh-huh. Macarena and cheese. Yes,
3: yes. Oh you're, my God, you're not real quick, are you? Slap. Uh, oh, well,
1: I didn't okay. get it either. Yeah, oh. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, okay.
2: all yeah. right. <laughs> uh, you didn't get. Wait, th- that's really. You didn't get. The, you
1: didn't get no, the I name. didn't think of that. Mac, mac and <laughs> oh cheese. God. I was trying to. I was still trying to figure out how to say. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, that was taking all day to
3: do
2: that. That's true. I forgot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. So. All right. <laughs> Cowboy junkies, Los Del Rio or Cheese Factory? All right, what's with all the
3: cheese? I guess because it's Macarena. All right, well, it's it's. uh I was
1: thinking because it's so cheesy. I guess
3: I, it's Maybe. obviously it's it's C.
2: Yeah, Los Del Rio. Yeah, that is lo- correct. Los
3: uh, mm-hmm. Los Del Rio. So, oh,
2: Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> We're tied at one. All right. I'm surprised that Tom didn't beat you within an inch of your life this morning All <laughs> right, because of what I did so, to you because of what yeah, I, yeah. I, what, yeah what, what I'm going what, what I was going to do to you
3: today I, uh, yeah uh,
2: did you oh. tell him about this No, I will not him? He was drunk, I told you
3: right so he's not gonna hurt yeah,
2: you he- know I don't think he appreciates this whole Tom's <laughs> an alcoholic thing. I don't know if he's a really big fan of that but we can move on <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh man!
3: Okay, we're tied at one. Oh, it's a tight game, Esmeralda. What are we gonna do? Here? Yeah, mm-hmm. Raquel, right. is, I Raquel, will Raquel, Raquel is waiting. She's waiting up front. So, all, all right,
2: right. Uh, Esmeralda, your category mm-hmm. is real name. Uh oh. Okay. Now the question is, what is Joe Cocker's birth name? What is Joe Cocker's birth name? Is it Joseph aloysius Chesley? Who? John Robert Cocker carl joseph cocker or joel adam chuckerman
1: <laughs> uh,
3: they, they i didn't wish do like it was a, the last one <laughs> they didn't continue they didn't continue the theme like you know with the last one with the macaroni and cheese they didn't do like a someone named spaniel
1: right they didn't do you that think, well, I, I think, think they, they think only that got, that got clever the, on the one and then yeah, they we're tired
2: yeah <laughs> I figured one of them would just be Talker <laughs> just meta, you know? Oh my god, man.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
2: All right. Uh what is. were
1: those what were those again?
2: Oh Like my it god. matters, really? Can you can you listen for five seconds? I re- I did and then time, they went away. Every, no listen. <laughs> Every one, time we play in one ear out the ever, other. Shut up. Shut 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 up. Every time we play this game, I have to read the card like twice. Uh, and I I I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely <laughs> sick of it.
3: Uh are you not going to so you're not going to read this the, the, choice? Second, no, will, the second the second one. The second one. She <laughs> just said the second one left.
2: And you know what? She's correct. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. All right, nice. there you go. Wow, two nice.
3: to one. All right, all right. Wow, you're killing Esmeralda. That's a, in, incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Slap. Are you okay, buddy?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm recovering. <laughs> all
3: right, Tom I'm is going to kick. Tom is going to kick my. Tom, you know, Tom's a much bigger man than me. He's going to kick my ass when, the next time he sees me, which was this
2: morning. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> 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 all right. What's 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 next, Slap? <laughs> All right, your category is one hit wonder. Okay, no, it's not. And, oh, Did I? It, it should be Jesus. your. It should wow. be your on stage. It You've should be your... got me confused now. <laughs> Damn. All right, it be, it you're on stage. Be your sta- you are yeah. correct. You're okay. on stage. All right. All right. Who was the winner? Who was the winner of the 1998 Billboard Award for Modern Rock Artist of the Year? 1998 God. Modern Rock Artist for, of the Year. All right. Is it A Pearl Jam? B Dave Matthews Band, C. Everclear, or D. Oasis. Modern Rock. is that what is it? Modern rock, you yeah. said. Modern rock artist of the year, 1998. Jesus Christ, none of Oof. those. I mean, um, 1998.
3: All right, it's not. It's not Dave. It's not Pearl Jam. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Everclear. That is correct. Oh. How about Good that? job. All right. <laughs> Everclear, what was their hit?
1: Uh, you they had, had a few. Father hits. of
3: mine, you're an asshole. Yeah. You left. Isn't that uh, a- before
1: <laughs> that one? They that? had. Did uh, they have
3: that? You're you're a dick. You they left did. my mom. Okay.
1: They had. Um. So the one that they like hit with was Santa Monica, but that was '95.
3: Okay. All right.
1: So they probably were. They were on that one
3: at the slap, time. Slapper, Slapper, you a slap, big fan of uh? Of, of Ever- I saw oh, of course I saw I them play say. in
1: Joliet. <laughs>
3: Why did you see them play in Joliet? Was it you lose a bet?
1: Uh no, I saw them play with Marcy Playground. <laughs>
3: oh my god. Oh, wow. Jesus. Christ. Welcome oh. to the
1: 90s everybody. And Welcome to the And it was a great show. You all, all right. shut up your mouths. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if Slap was a, was a fan of Everclear, but of course he is and I'm not talking about the band so uh oh, hey boy. all right hello everybody man i know the, the rim shot i didn't load the rim shot in for this segment i'm not really sure why i didn't do that because i could would have used it 50 times by now all right we're tied at all two right. slap this, yes. this this game is insane
2: we're tied at two it's a, it's a big one all it's right. a big game all right all right <laughs> esmeralda here's the the category you don't understand for the life of you one hit wonder that's right mm-hmm I'm not kidding. We could sit down some time over tea, or pe- <laughs> perhaps everclear, <laughs> right. and I will explain never changing my him. mind. My father's uh. an
3: asshole. He left me dry. Whatever the fuck that song is. All right.
2: Never will change my mind. All right. Uh, all right. So the one-hit wonder. The question is: This artist had a lone hit in late 1983 with "Major Tom Coming Home." Who was it? Who was the artist? "Major Tom Coming Home," 1983. Is it A, Peter Schilling, B, Tom Tovson, C, Lloyd Wallen, or D, Paul Friedrichs?
1: Ah, shit. <laughs> I know that song. Yeah. Damn, I don't know who the...
3: Many of us do, yeah. That was a, that mm. was a hit, an inexplicable hit.
1: Was it one. the last one, the Friedrichs fella?
2: No, that is incorrect. Ah! Um, no, it's Peter Schilling. Uh, yeah.
3: Okay. He
1: only had My that second one he, choice. He was Tom Tomlinson. So. Tom to No,
3: it was it was Peter Schilling. I just remember uh, he deservedly got a lot of shit when that record came out. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know what I mean? Like, mm. like here is this guy Peter Schilling that no one knows. Did you know Peter Schilling? Slap.
2: Yes, I I actually helped him write the song. Oh, did. oh boy. Wow.
3: I didn't. know. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I wasn't aware. Of yeah, that. Is well, that where we, your money we,
1: comes from?
2: Yes, part <laughs> of it. <laughs> um, yeah, we were, we were just kind of sitting around, uh, you know, doing crack and oh, because it was, the, it was, it was the big thing in 1983. Yeah. Right? And we were oh, yeah. Sitting, crack was, crack was huge in 1983. Yeah. we We yeah. were sitting around smoking right. crack. Uh huh and uh because, listening because it was to david, so
3: big in 1983 yeah we yeah, were right
2: we, we were listening to david bowie we were yeah. listening to space oddity yeah and um thought oh we could we could do it better than that yeah. that's not that odd that's right what and if it, we took the whole thing and made it way better right and so we smoked some more crack and right. knocked it all out in an evening that sounds about <laughs> accurate
3: that to me i'm not surprised by that yeah? story at all <laughs> i'm not surprised by that story yeah at all. Alright, well it's rather you missed that one, so I can take the lead here with, at the end of round one if 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 we do so. What what what, what what's next, Mr. Slap Slaply? Slap I'll tell you what's next,
2: Nick. You're in the mosh pit. Oh no, I'm scared.
1: <laughs> what the hell yep, was that?
2: That's exact that's the mosh pit sound. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Is that a mosh pit?
3: What was that? It was that? a guitar.
2: Oh, that, that was, was a
3: guitar g- Oh, that was a gu- <laughs> gu- that was a
2: guitar? I figured yes. that's what the mosh pit sounded like at Everclear.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man mental right. your father's a dick and he left the house whatever all right that's my that's the extent of my ever clear uh knowledge.
2: all right here's here's a question nick and frankly i shouldn't have to give you the options okay um dr dre was a member of what famous rap group well all right i mean yeah
3: I mean I could just I'm not going to say the whole name.
2: Yeah no I, I would uh, recommend well, You could just you don't. say the letters. You could just I, say well, the yeah, letters that, I do that. everyone says. That I... Okay all
3: right. <laughs> 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 I don't want to lose half my subscribers what? if I say it wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's N W A. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. Neighborhood Watch Alliance. That's what it is. Answer it. Is. <laughs> I don't know why all these people are upset about that, because it is the neighborhood watch. (laughs) It's all these years they called some controversy.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Even the movie got it wrong. The movie
3: got it wrong, too. So, anyway. All right. Well, it's 3-2 to at the end of round one. Esmeralda, I'm ahead.
1: Mm. Oh, man. I don't care. That's going to be my strategy now.
3: Oh, that's your strategy.
1: Yeah. Just, I I don't care. And good luck to you. Wow, Jesus. Okay.
3: (laughs) All right. Now, slap. I go first. For this round, correct? Isn't that yes, always- we're going to flip here.
2: We're going to flip here. Uh-oh. And you're going to do the 80s. That's Uh-oh. the category, the 80s. Back when everybody was
3: smoking crack in a submarine writing ripoffs of David Bowie songs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff you missed out on. I mean, we did a pretty good version of Shout at the Devil. That <laughs> was just, it was just called Voices in My Head, I'm High on Crack. Wow. Ooh, it okay. was kind okay. of a reimagining. Yeah, yeah it certainly
3: was. And by the way, I didn't miss anything in the 80s slap. I was the, I was there. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. You got to remember I'm old. I was Were actually... you also smoking crack? Oh, are you kidding? As much as I could get. All I could get. Yeah.
2: It's what all the kids were doing.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, 80s, right? Is that what 80s, we yes. What, do we what
2: uh what Australian band had the hits Cool Change and Take It Easy on Me?
3: Oh shit. Okay.
2: Australian well, band. Here are your options: Is it Men at Work, Midnight Oil, The Little River Band, or The Bee Gees? Uh, it is the um, it's the Little River Band.
3: That is correct. Uh, well done. Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> I Don't can just care. hear you bristling. I can hear slap <laughs> bristling. <laughs> you, you're not loading the gun, are you now, slap? I mean, I always keep it loaded just
2: in case. <laughs> just one one silver bullet just in case. Oh, because you're a werewolf. <laughs> I wasn't aware yeah. that you were. Oh, did I not explain <laughs> that I'm part werewolf? Oh. O- no, on my mother's side. On my mother's side. Oh, okay. So just side.
1: like oh. not even half?
2: Oh yeah, no, just half half my parent, you know. Uh, she was a werewolf, you know. Oh, she, she was uh, all werewolf. Okay. She yeah, she yeah, so she's a werewolf. Right. And so mm. your dad left cuz he cuz he's he's a guy from Everclear,
3: right? Your dad left. Well, <laughs>
2: no. It, he, actually he left he, he left because my mother molded him to Oh, bits, oh but, I see. His you mother know. your mother mm. killed your dad cuz she's a werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's all right. what happened. Yeah, all right. One silver really blood. quite tragic. Yeah, Hey,
3: slap. Have you ever seen the movie Silver Bullet with uh, my good friend Gary Busey?
2: Yeah, actually, um, we met on the set because oh, I did. was I was you did yeah I was I was a uh, I was like a consultant, you know, for the whole werewolf mm. thing. Of course, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> we were like, "Really, tell us what it's like, first person to how be you, a werewolf." How do you feel
3: about the new uh uh uh? What's her name? Um. Buffy, uh, her new series. Are you f- are you familiar with Buffy's new series? What the hell is her name? Why am I blanking on her name? Sarah um, Michelle Gellar.
1: Yes. yes. Uh, are you familiar with Sarah is Michelle Is she in Gilla? a wolf series? She is, Slap. There's some wolf, yeah.
2: The whole werewolf called, oh. it's it's called, called, it's called.
1: It's called Wolf Pack Slap. Oh,
2: I'll have to watch that.
3: Yeah, I don't know if you should, but I don't know if you
2: think you want to... <laughs> Well, there's My... a lot of... i, I got to say this. There's a lot of anti-wolf sentiment in the world right now. Really? And we really don't need it. Yeah. You know what? People look at wolves... <laughs> And they, they all they see are snarling beasts right. who <laughs> yeah. uh thirsts for the flesh of people.
1: But you know, we're
2: complicated. Now you wait know, a minute. So sensitive. that does that
1: mean that you so how does it work when the full moon comes out since you're only half?
2: Um it's mainly just the lower half.
1: Oh boy. That has to yeah. be awkward. Jeez. Mm.
2: Well, I mean I've gone through pants like you know, unbelievable amount right. of times. Just right. all of a sudden, you know, there I am in my brand new pair of Levi's. It's you, know. you, know you, <laughs> yeah. you know. Do you know the do you
3: do you know do you know the do 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 you know the kid in uh American Werewolf who says, "Mommy, a naked American man took stole my balloons."
2: Is uh, do you know him at all? Oh, that child! Yes, yeah.
3: the naked American
2: man stole my balloons. Yeah, I actually, I actually wrote that line. <laughs> Did for him you? Because, That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what... <laughs> No, I wrote that line for him because I he, he he was looking at me. I mean, he couldn't have been older than 9. Right. And uh he says to me, uh, slap I just I don't have the line. I'm not in character. Right. I'm not feeling who I am. And then I was just like, well, you know, usually when I transform back from you know a wolf bottom half into a regular human bottom half right. most people around me say mummy there's an american man you know right. like kind of remark on that and so he was inspired wow. made it into the final cut of the film it's amazing it's one and of the it classic was, uh, it's one perfect. of the
3: classic lines and and by the way that that kid uh who is now obviously a full on uh older man. I believe for a long time uh did the conventions. Just based on that line alone, he did a lot of a
1: lot Wow. Of I mean, hey, good work if you can get
3: it. No, hey, they, trust me. People will people will pay money to have anything signed by anybody who was in a horror movie. I know that.
2: Yeah, I'm person. I'm pretty sure that one of the guys who was in the Predator suit is going to be in Chicago <laughs> this weekend. <laughs>
1: well, he's, well, he's not in a
2: con, he's just going to be at a bar. Down the street. Oh. But that's, that's yeah. Decided. Will he be
1: in <laughs> he, the Predator outfit? Yes,
2: he will. Yes. yes. Yeah. 90s. He goes there. So he basically he gets loaded before he goes to the bar, and then <laughs> just shows up in the Predator costume and scares the hell out of everyone.
1: <laughs> okay. I like it. Oh my god. What are,
3: category are we on? We're uh, It's Esmeralda because I just got the Little River Band correct. I believe is that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, All right, yep. So The nineties. So right, nineties. 90s, 90s. 90s. Esmeralda.
2: <laughs> yeah. More of a, more of an ecstasy decade for me.
3: Ah, I see. All right,
2: all right. The 90s, I cannot, I cannot uh... believe the amount of booze jokes that have been flying around. Today. <laughs> Darling, you have oh, no. no idea. <laughs> it's insane. All right, <clears throat> all right, all right. The nineties actresses Gwyneth Paltrow and Juliette Lewis have both appeared in what rockers videos. So, Gwyneth mm. Paltrow and Juliette mm-hmm. Lewis have both appeared in mm-hmm. this uh, Rocker's videos. Is it Melissa mm-hmm. Etheridge, Natalie Merchant, Stevie Nicks, or Annie Reed?
1: Hmm. Damn. Hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow and...
2: I hear typing. Is someone actually Googling this? Is some? No, not I'm me. just sending an email to that kid from an American... Oh, World I'm, World I'm not Paltrow. cheating. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, i mean i've got the answer right yeah, that is correct it was oh, oh. yeah yeah.
0: Nice.
3: yeah i don't i don't remember the gwyneth paltrow i remember Judy, yeah i don't remember, I, I remember either ju- of those i remember Juliet <laughs> lewis i remember Juliet lewis being in the it's because i like Juliet lewis and i don't like gwyneth paltrow that's probably why
1: I, <laughs> yeah so. i mean yes yeah um, same
3: Wow. Okay. Do we? I don't remember. Slap. Do you remember what
2: song that was? That uh, Juliet Lewis. Was it "Come to My Window"? Um, you know what? I, I'm trying to remember. I I didn't think it was Juliet Lewis. I thought it was Julia Louis Dreyfus. No. I, no. It. it, it <laughs> Are you sure? Like uh, she yeah, resonated. I thought she did. The, I'm pretty sure Melissa Etheridge did the theme for Seinfeld.
3: She did. Yeah, that's right. She did. Boom, boom, boom,
2: boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, all, by the all way.
3: Vocals, all yeah.
1: vocals. By the way, yes, yes, it is. Come to. Does my it come mind. to
3: my window? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right.
3: All right. Uh, well, it's four to three. I'm ahead. I'm still ahead. As well, you can still catch up.
0: All right.
2: All right. Slapper, right. are, are you ready? Are you? Are you? Are yes. you okay? Are,
3: you, okay? are you, you know? It's very important to communicate oh, with the uh, with the kid I'm, from. I'm,
2: yeah, I am hanging on by a thread. All right. Um, <laughs> <your> category <laughs> is real name. Uh, I hate this category. All right. I mean, this Good. is kind of yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> oh, better well, better chance for though. me. Okay. Also, I wanted to be known that on this card, on the on the prompt card that I have here for real name, there's just a uh, in the background a picture of a baby. Why? What? But- because it's their birth name. Oh, I see. Oh, oh I. Okay. Oh, All right. All right. But sure. I, I just noticed. Is this on every single one? Probably. <laughs>
3: you
1: just noticed the pictures. So oh my just, god! So yes. you
3: just noticed the baby, and you ju- and the and the mac and cheese joke just came to you. Uh, you you're you're really <laughs> running a little bit behind today, slap. It's been a long day. I bet it
0: has. <laughs>
3: That was funny. I talked to I talked to Tom about how long of a day it was uh, this morning. Oh yeah, Did, yeah. You? Oh. Did you? Is that is that what mm-hmm. he talks
2: about? Yeah, that's, that's what... <laughs>
3: after, after oh, he gosh. beat the shit out of me uh, <laughs> for what I I put him through at some
2: point. All right, I, I, go, go ahead. Okay, slide. your r- real name. What is Ozzy Osborne's birth name? Is it <laughs> Isaac Os- Osborovsky?
3: Come on now. That's the greatest the greatest <laughs> fake answer of all time.
2: What is it, Isaac? Uh, Isaac, what? Os- B- I think it's osbachovsky I can't. I. I don't, I'm not Russian.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Um, is it John Osborne? Is it Robert Ackerman, or is it Osborne Lockhart? It's it's B. John Osborne. Yeah. Yep, that's correct. <laughs>
1: Good job. I think. All right. Let's let's move on. Cause I'm losing my shit now. All right. Yeah,
2: it's Let's, too much. Um. All right, Esmeralda, you're on stage. <laughs> right.
1: There no, is. That we, is that...
2: that's the, yeah. No, that was mosh. That
1: Hitch. was different. You just... Oh, that, that was, was mosh... different. Okay. okay, that was right. slightly different. That was a different okay. guitar sound. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: What the hell? I don't need any sound effects. I've got Esmeralda here, man. <laughs> yeah. She's like the she's all like right. she's like the Michael Winslow of the Nick D podcast. Oh I yeah. Wasn't aware. Oh my god. <laughs> For people who don't know who Michael Whistlow is, he's the guy from the Police Academy movies who did all the effects with his mouth. That was That's Mike. He was also in the Cheech and Chong
2: movies. Okay,
3: go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what artist was named country's favorite male artist at the 1998 American Music Awards? Favorite male artist for country. Mm. In 1998. Okay. 1998. Was it George Strait, Tim mm. McGraw, Billy Ray Cyrus, or John Lewis? Oh, uh, dang. I'm going to go Tim McGraw. That is incorrect. Ah! Uh, I, I don't know if I, I can't. I might hate that one more. I don't know. It was George Strait. George Strait. Wow. Uh, really? Okay.
3: Huh. Yeah. All I don't right. know why I'm That man had that.
2: staying power. Staying he, power. He did. He did. All right.
3: Um, I you can't win, Esmeralda, but uh, which means I'm yeah, gonna be whatever. making I'm gonna be making out with Raquel Welch real soon. Um, but let's continue to see what how this ends up because I haven't All gotten right. one, one wrong today. So one hit wonder. Now I under I want to make this clear, Slap. I understand this category.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. I, I I know you do. Okay. I really I understand. <laughs> I I get it. Um. <laughs> All right. What artist slash actor ha- yeah. saw his hit "She's Like the Wind" oh! dance to number three? Oh, I don't
3: even I Can't even. Who is it? Just say it. It's it's Swayze, Patrick Swayze. That is correct. Now you know. Uh, no! So you know that uh, you know now. Slap uh, and and Esmeralda. Now you know that that show mm-hmm. that sh- that that was in Dirty Dancing, but you know that song was not written for Dirty Dancing. Did you know that? No. Uh, uh, Slap. Are you aware of this? Yeah, it was actually written for slow dancing <laughs> no slow dancing in the big city with paul servino <laughs> from 1978 no Correct. not that one it was actually written for for uh jamie lee curtis's character in grandview usa mm. um and the, the the director of grandview usa randall Clazar, who was also the director of greece didn't like the song and didn't use it in the movie hmm. and he, he wrote it he wrote it for the character he was in love with jamie lee curtis's character in grandview usa and they didn't use it in the movie and then the, the, the makers of Dirty Dancing were like, we like it. And then it turned out to be a nine million you know, selling hit and the people who made Grandview USA were like, shit. So there you go. Written for, uh, and, and <laughs> of, course, of course, if you're going to write a beautiful song, you write it about Jamie Lee Curtis. That's what you write it about. So. There very you true. go. Very. Okay. Very, very true. All right. Uh, now, <clears throat> this, is, this is it, right? This is the last one. I believe so, yes. The mosh
2: pit. Okay. Uh, Esmeralda, where, where's the sound effect? Um,
1: <laughs> Jesus,
2: Christ. was that the same one i can't tell no
1: it was oh uh yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. I, I
3: would love to hear esmeralda just do a, a guitar solo one night like a 12 minute jimmy page guitar solo
2: <laughs> oh so you would want to imitate one of the most overrated guitars of all time um Oof. i'm not the least not, talented member of led zeppelin i'm
3: you're not going to get an argument out of me actually slap you're not good yeah i i i i actually agree with you on that i know you and i by the way are in the minority on that
2: <laughs> well you know i did go thought at that for minorities i
3: did go oh my god <laughs> i did go through uh, i did go through a period in the 70s when i was not popular in that thought i was not uh...
2: oh you not popular in the 70s no way no no it's incredible <laughs> all right
3: as it was
1: just lo- because of that that statement yeah that's
3: that it everything just, else yeah. was fine everything else i did as a 14 year old or a totally normal fine. totally yeah, normal totally normal all right all right uh so here it is uh, uh, what's the question there slap
2: all right what southern rock band called the live album bring it back alive what southern rock band called the live album bring it back alive was it marshall tucker was it 38 special was it the outlaws Or was it Lyned Skinned?
1: Mm, The Outlaws. That is correct. Well, she got that one.
3: Wow! All right. Well, the final is six to four. I win, and I'm going to go jump in the car with Raquel Welsh right now because I love her. So, but good job. And guitar. And and from now on, Esmeralda, I am not going to have any guitar sound effects. You are going to provide them for everything that I do. Yeah. There there
0: it is. is. Well.
3: All right, Slap. Mm-hmm. I hope you. I'm glad you survived this uh, visit. Oh, you know, yeah. I, okay. I, I, just... I thought for a second there you <laughs> took your life. I thought for a second there. You... No, ah, just, we would have heard it. You, you would
1: have heard that. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, Slap. Thank you, buddy. Oh, thank you, Nick and uh, Esmeralda. Please wait a very long time before you bring me back again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
3: man! Oh man! All right. Uh, well, slap. I, I understand that uh, when I play this, that you uh, you do disappear, correct?
2: Yes. All yes. Right.
1: What? What? Good boy. Oh. Good boy, everyone! Okay. Wow! Slapped it in and like there he, he went. He slapped it and like I mean, you know. Ah!
0: A little jerk. Dr- oh. ah!
3: He
1: didn't like, he, Just I guess,
3: because we play them every time, every episode, Esmeralda. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, thank you, as.
1: Thank I've you. Got,
3: uh, I've got the biggest sex symbol of the 60s and 70s waiting for me in a Buick downstairs. So I'm going to, there I'm, you go. I'm going to go take care of that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You want to leave a voicemail? 773 417 6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You want to advertise with us, uh, sales at misfits.com. Thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the music and the sounds and the fun. Rate and review us on every platform. Check us out next time when Marnie Shure from The Takeout is going to join us to nice. talk all kinds of food stuff. And uh, last time, get your tickets for the Zanies Live show, Nick D Podcast Live, rosemont.zanies.com. If you uh, use the promo code NICK, N-I-C-K, all caps, you can get some cheaper tickets, 847 Zero let Let's jam that place full of people. Uh, Ezra, I will talk to you uh, next time, uh, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time right here on the Nick D Podcast. So thank you. The wind is right on me.